Burks on his feet. He looks up and gives me a grin and says, Hey dude, you too must be from Marin. Marin County's a-okay From Tamastin Welcome to the Run TMC podcast. That is the Marin County podcast, a podcast about basketball in Marin County. I'm Duffy Ballard, and with me, as always, is Dave Levine, basketball nerd, coach, and friend. And we are on to episode eight, Dave, today, which is exciting. How are you feeling? How's your energy? Duff, I'm great. Uh, yeah, eight episodes. This has been really fun doing this with you. I'm excited for what lies ahead. Um, this is a fun time of year. We got, as we talked about, high school practices have started. We're starting to see some college games start, and uh, it's been really fun to watch the NBA so far, uh, even though, Duff, your predictions have not panned out. But anyway, thoughts on the NBA? Uh, well, yeah, I would say you're right, Dave. My predictions are not looking all that stellar right now. Uh, Chris Ball does appear to be working out. Second team looks great for the Warriors. Uh, Wemby does look legit, uh, but I want to just step back. And if you listen to my NBA prediction segment, that was uh, episode six with Chris Ballard. I did say it is very hazardous to make predictions based on small sample size. So this was really just a lesson in statistics, Dave, that you really should not jump to conclusions, uh, especially in something like the NBA season 82 games. You, you can't do that. You just can't do that. So, so you're... Your N of one was not a sufficient N. Is that correct for you That's stat correct. nerds out there? Okay. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a good job of switching the conversation and not admitting that I was wrong. And that is a skill that my mother taught me, and uh, I use it all the time. So anyway, uh, Dave, I'm going to change the topic again before you can rebut, and I'm going to ask you to tell us about this uh, exciting, I think it's exciting, NBA in-season tournament. I mean, for sure, the first Warriors game was super exciting. Yeah, I think most of our listeners probably are aware of this, but this year the NBA has tried something new. Uh, they're doing an in-season tournament kind of mixed in with the other games, and I think it's awesome. So uh, basically the the NBA has broken up the 30 teams into six groups of five. So they did it by conference. So there are three groups in the West, three groups in the East, and the teams play each team in their group once over the course of the next month, roughly. It started on Friday, November 3rd, and it culminates December 7th. And so each team plays you know, the other teams in their group. Each group will have a winner or the team with the best record. And then there are going to be two wildcard teams. So I, I don't know how they determine those. I should know, but I don't. So roughly we're going to have eight teams that make it into this the finals of this tournament. And those uh, eight teams will meet in Las Vegas in early December and play games until there's a winner. And every game in this quote-unquote in-season tournament counts towards the regular season record for these teams except the championship game of the tournament because those teams are going to be playing an extra game. Um, the Warriors group is... A lot of fun, actually. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder, who they just played Friday in a great game. The Timberwolves, the Kings, our nemesis from uh, up I-80 and our playoff opponent last season, and the Spurs, who have Duffy's favorite rookie, Wemby. So um, 
I think this is going to be a lot of fun. If you noticed, the 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 courts are painted special um, with special designs during these in season tournament games, and I think they're awesome. So uh, I think it's going to be great. Duff, what do you think? I am excited to see Chet Holmgren and Wemby go at each other. Man, those people, those two guys, long, you know, legs that are spindly, but they can both move. They can both shoot. It's uh, you know, the game is really, really evolved. You know, well over seven feet and handling handling the ball like that. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's going to be fun, uh, and I'm looking forward to you know this you know the final eight when it when uh, when it, when we get there and hopefully the Warriors are in there. And uh, anyway, yeah, fun to watch games that matter you know, early in the season. Yeah, and and Duff the um the so the players get a cash bonus for winning. They each get I think it's like five hundred grand a player, which is obviously a lot of money to these NBA players. That's not as much money as it is to, to you or me. But um, so there is an incentive for the players to do it. But also it's just, it's, you know, the competitive fire. I mean, these are these are competitors. And uh, you can see in the Warrior game Friday against Oklahoma City, I actually rewatched it uh, yesterday. It was a really fun game to watch. The intensity, it was a playoff level intensity in that game. Um, and it was, you know, the sixth game of the year, right? But this this in-season tournament brings a new level of intensity uh which is just awesome so i think i think it's going to be a lot of fun yeah you won't see a lot of load management going on in these games right you not a coincidence that the warriors next game after that game they sit looney right against the Cavs, yeah. uh, and, and that if it was you know spurs in-season tournament they probably wouldn't be doing that yep no. also by the way just not not to get off too long a tangent here, but that Warriors Thunder game ended on a controversial play. Steph made a shot at the buzzer to win it, but then there was a review because Draymond touched the rim, but Josh Giddy from Oklahoma City had touched the net, and it was just like they spent a lot of time looking at this playback, and ultimately the refs concluded that uh, that Giddy touching the net was a goaltend, and so the basket counted and the Warriors won, but. I mean, it was really anybody's game. It came down to literally the last millisecond. So yeah, that was the old you know pull the net, touch the rim rule in section thirty-two point three seven, Dave. And uh, so it just took them a few minutes to get there, but they made the right call. Whatever. All right, should we move on? Uh, let's from, let's move do on from the from the National Basketball Association to the TMC, the the Marin County. And this week, Dave, this is exciting. We're really ramping up our content we have two episodes this week this is the second one and we are diving in and dropping some team previews for teams here in Marin County uh, and so we did uh, earlier this week we covered MC uh, we've covered Tara Linda we're getting a little behind on the girls game but we'll we'll catch up uh, don't worry there Dave uh, and today we have uh, Tam High uh, we have Neil Chavez their first year co- uh, coach great player you know Neil, right? You've seen him play, right, Dave? Absolutely. Saw him play yeah. at College of Marin for our friend Dave Granucci. Neil, Neil was an awesome player. Yeah. Also, son of Bucky Chavez. Of course, we have to get our Bucky reference in. And uh, so Neil was kind enough to send us a uh, voice memo, a little snippet, a uh, preview of his team at TAM this year. And, and we're doing TAM today in part because our guest is a TAM High grad. So more on him in a little bit. But yeah, we're going to turn it over to Neil here in a second. And we're also going to just put out a call uh, both for correspondents again, but also for coaches out there, uh, girls and boys, boys coaches, especially at the high school level in this uh, county. Um, get in touch with us. Send us a preview. 
email us, voice memo, whatever whatever works, and we'll 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 get you on the air here sometime uh, early in the season. Sounds great. Let's let's run Neil's preview. What's up, Coach? This is Neil. I am here to give a Tam Boys Varsity Basketball review. We're a heavy senior squad with 13 seniors returning. We are looking forward to playing a big preseason schedule, only eight games in the MCAL. We're hoping to play fast, get after it on defense, and get as many guys in as possible. Um, I think pressing and and trying to exert a bunch of energy when we're out there will help us get in to our reserves and, and also keep the game flowing. I'd like to take the first good shot, crash the boards, shoot, pass, rebound, all that good stuff. My approach, pretty simple. Play as hard as you can for as long as you can. Come out, grab some water, cheer on your teammates. Try to share the success of your teammates and and not try to put put guys against each other. But you know, just like a pack of wolves out there, we just want to hunt. We just want to hunt the next play and make the other team uncomfortable. Big games, apparently we got San Marino's arrival. I didn't know that, I'm new to, to Tam and, and any past rivalries that I hadn't previously known about, but things got a little chippy over the summer with a couple of their teams, so apparently there's feelings there. I think the kids are excited to play Redwood because they're near that area. And, and you know, Red was a good team. So those are the those are the two games. Looking forward to playing Branson, of course. And yeah, man, just happy to happy to have the kids get after it. I a uh, couple rule changes, you know, with the no double bonus, um, or rather the no one and one, and every foul on the fifth foul, or maybe it's the sixth foul in the quarter going to. Straight to double bonus. I don't know what that'll feel like, but hey, I'm just happy to have the kids out there running around. And that's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, my job is to kind of deal with the admin and and uh, put the kids in the best success, best position they can to have some fun. So that's what I'm hoping to do. I hope I uh, hope y'all are well. Peace and love. All right, Dave. Well, we were just going to splice that into a pre-recorded episode, but we listened to it and we loved it, so we have to talk about it. It's too good. It's too good. Uh, so, Neil, uh, I, I loved it. Uh, I love the Pack of Wolves reference. I love the feelings. We're in our feelings on about San Marin. I love that. Um, you know, I listened to that thing, and I want to, I want to get my shoes on and go play for him. I mean. Um, I just, I don't know. I thought that was awesome. So thank you, Neil, for the update. And I can't wait to watch Tam play. What do you thought? Yeah, we're, we're close to gym. I mean, we're, you know, in the Bonaire shopping center. We can get over to MC pretty quickly. You and I put on shoes, go play. Let's do it. Um, yeah, no, uh, peace and love and groovy and Zen. 
but you know I know Neil I've seen him coach and I've played against him and man there's really nothing zen about it when you know his teams are out there when he plays yeah. it's energy it's frenzy it's relentless and uh, so yeah you can you can kind of he- hear that in the undertones of his preview uh, pretty cool and uh, definitely look forward to seeing his teams play and playing against them should be a good battle and uh, hopefully we don't get chippy with it absolutely but you don't know absolutely it's gonna be so. fun thank you neil thank you neil and we'll have you on uh, to talk to us sometime we appreciate it uh so, all right glossary time glossary time Dave. we so we skipped last episode but we want to get back into educating our listeners because you know they probably know just about as much about the nba as we do even though we may pretend to know more but when it comes to glossary we have been digging deep and you have something good for us today what do you got dave duff we're going to go back to the defensive end of the floor um, I'm going with ice coverage. So ice coverage is a pick and roll defensive coverage, which essentially emphasizes taking away middle penetration um, on a pick and roll. So um, to ice a ball screen, and by the way, you, you listeners, if you don't know what this is by, by name, you've seen it in almost every NBA, almost every NBA possession. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teams do this. Um, so basically, to ice a ball screen simply means that the on-ball defender positions him or herself to send the ball handler towards the baseline and away from the middle. So if, uh, if you think about a, a pick and roll happening on the wing and the the screener comes and is facing the sideline to set a screen to to bring the his or her teammate toward the middle of the floor, the defender who's guarding the ball just gets on the high side and forces dramatically forces the ball handler towards towards the baseline. Um, so very common uh, defense against the pick and roll, mainly because a lot of teams don't like to let offensive teams dr- penetrate to the middle because the middle of the right. floor gives teams a lot more options. And it can also be forcing onto the sideline, right? And the whole principle of using the sideline or the baseline as another defender. Exactly, exactly. And then if you think about uh, kind of playing this out, so the, the screener's defender... You know, we've talked about in a prior episode, uh, in some cases against the pick and roll, the defense needs to tag the roller, right? Um, in this case, knowing that we're in ice coverage, the player guarding the screener is dropped to help um, when the ball handler drives baseline. So you really don't need, in this case, if you're doing ice coverage correctly, tagging the roller, probably not as important because the defender is going to be in a good spot to cover the roller as the roller moves to the basket. Um, so. So how do you beat it? How do you beat the ice coverage, Dave? Split it? So that's one way to do it, right? To have a really good ball handler to, to, to split it. I mean, another way is, um, you know, the, the screener can dive, right? And do a ghost or a um, just a slip screen and go to the basket and keep them honest. And if you don't have a uh, weak side rotation there, you could, you could steal some buckets. Um, there, there are a lot of different um, videos on, on YouTube. There's some great analytics out there showing the way that teams uh, try to counter this. Um, so, yeah. And, and set the screen with some space, right? So if you're setting it too far outside the three-point line or too close to the baseline, like you're, you're essentially narrowing you know, your, your, your surface area to maneuver away from it. And if you set it up high, you know, close to three-point line, then that, you know, the ghost action is there. Or you know you can you know, dribble a couple of dribbles back, and then get to the middle over the top of it. 
we've been working on this with our um, our high schoolers. Um, it's a tendency of kids to to set ball screens inside or around the three point line. Um, and spacing is so important, so it's sort of counterintuitive. But we're telling them like back way up. I mean, Duff, exactly what you're saying, almost to like the hash mark, the volleyball line, right? Yeah. Tons of spacing. When you set a pick and roll out there, now you've got so much more real estate to work with to be able to get downhill, and it just gives you more options, right? So um, spacing is such a valuable commodity on offense, and um, it makes defenses have to work harder to recover. So totally right. agree with you. Right. So that's ice coverage. All right. On to me. On to you, bud. All right. Mine is also ice. Uh, Actually, iced with a D. Uh, Iced coffee, Dave. Have you heard about it? Wow. Tell me more. All right. You have to start with this uh, device. I'm not sure of the name, but it's a device that will uh, lower the ambient temperature to under uh, zero degrees Celsius. And uh, with this device, then you can create ice cubes. And with uh, iced cubes and coffee and a little bit of delicious creamer that maybe has some vanilla and some cinnamon uh, and condensed milk, you can create iced coffee. And you can make your co-host happy as he drinks a soda of some sort. Is that a yerb? No, no. I've got I've got my Yeti. Not a sponsor. Oh, okay. I love my Yeti. Uh, but I have some iced coffee in here. It's not as good you as do. yours and, and Angela's. Okay. Yeah. Good. So that's it. In the interest of time. Oh, by the way, Dave, so we do have a uh, on our website, the runtmcpodcast.com. Angela Ballard, thank you. We have now a link to our glossary, which has these terms that we've talked about, with the exception of iced coffee, but also a bunch of other ones. Some are pretty basic. I developed this a couple of years ago for uh, my San Domenico uh, seventh grade team. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we're just adding to it. If you have suggestions, send them, send them to us. And uh, we'll just build this out over the course of this podcast. It's kind of fun to learn a new language. Awesome. And so let's uh, let's get on to our guest because this was a really fun discussion. But real quick, a plug for sponsors. Um, reminder, if, if anyone's interested, I just got another message today from someone saying, hey, I'm interested in sponsoring you guys. So it's super cool. Um, Duff, we don't have sponsors for this specific episode right because we're spreading out some of the sponsorships that we have right and we're doing two two episodes this week as we discussed earlier dave so yeah we're spreading things out we will give them a shout out in the outro and they are on our website and you know the show notes and so they're getting plenty of love and duff we hit a milestone in terms of downloads didn't we yeah well yeah we got over 2000 uh last week and now over 2100 and uh yeah picking up picking up steam so people aren't quitting on us, Dave. And I like I like that. I like that in a player. I like that in a coach. And I like that in a fan of a podcast. That's right. That's right. Don't go quitting. All on right, us. Duff. Let's let's get to our guest. I'm excited for our listeners to hear it. Tell us about Daryl Rory. Daryl. Okay. Well, this is a bit of a trap, Dave, because I re-listened to the interview, which is great, of course. And you did a, a very nice intro. You talked about his accomplishments, his service to the community. And so I'm not going to go through all of that because you're about to in the next couple of minutes. But what I will say about Daryl uh, is I, I've gotten to know him uh, reasonably well now and, and in different contexts. But you know, the one that is very impressive is him as a, an official. Uh, and we'll talk about that in the interview. And he just has a great way about him um, as an official on the floor. And I, I think really 
a, a model uh, for those that are looking to get into officiating, which is sort of an odd thing to get into because, you know, it is pretty much low reward and, and high risk in terms of people being mad at you. I don't think my fragile psyche could handle it. But anyway, Daryl's just so good with the coaches and in particular so good with the kids. And he's always sort of, you know, he's giving them encouragement. He's given them, you know, sort of a little bit of guidance. He's kind of setting boundaries. And uh, my players, you know, that have had him as an official will always be very excited. They're like, oh, we have Daryl this game. Yeah, we're good. And so thank you, Daryl, for just being such a good official. But also, you know, there's a lot of other background and context with Daryl that we're about to learn. So thank you for, for being on the podcast, Daryl. You did great. And uh, can't can't wait to listen to this again. Yeah, had a lot of fun talking with him. Let's uh, let's get to the interview and we can catch up after, Duff. Yeah. Hey, that sounds like a plan. Awesome. Daryl, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Duff, we've had a good a good run of guests here on our young podcast, but um, this one might take the cake. Uh, we have Daryl Rory with us. Uh, he is a legend. Uh, first of all, we're, we're diversifying away from Drake. We've got a non-Drake grad. That's a good thing. Um, Daryl is the pride of TAM High. He is a three-sport, was a three-sport star at TAM. Graduated in 88, Daryl? Yes, I did. Was a... Uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong here. You were all Northern California defensive back on the football team. You were the batting champion in the MCAL on the baseball team. What position did you play in baseball? Second base. Second base, all right. Beautiful turn, yeah. turn into. And then you were starting point guard on, on the basketball team. Yes, I was. So a three-sport star at TAM. We're going to get into his TAM life and the MCAL in the late 80s. Um, you went on to go to College of Marin where you starred in football and baseball. And then went up to the state of Washington at Pierce College, and you played baseball up there. Is that right? Played baseball up there, and uh, I eventually had a tryout with the Houston Astros, and uh, came back home and uh, played some semi-pro ball. And then I got into semi-pro football again, and then I got into playing some competitive fast pitch softball. So, <sighs> man, all right. So, so Daryl's an athlete, but um, when you're you succeed on multiple sports like that um, and knowing Daryl um, you're just a, you're a great guy you're a great teammate as well right and we're going to talk about that that kind of your your people skills and your ability to communicate with people and relate to people has helped you both in your athletics but then also in your your non-athletic life right absolutely um, so currently you are a case manager for the Marin County Behavioral Health and Recovery Services within the, the Public Defender's Office right? yes Okay, awesome. So, you know, Daryl spent his career helping helping kids. He has a huge heart. He's a beloved figure in the county, and in particular uh, in Marin City, which we're gonna we're gonna talk about. But also want to touch on because this is a basketball podcast, Daryl. Your second career, which is you've been a very successful and continue to be a very successful basketball official. You're a referee. Yes, yes, yes. I you know try to do the best I can. Uh, just uh, I'm just a very competitive, and so I try to take that same competitive spirit into officiating or in whatever I do. Yeah. That's just me. If we had a contest right now, uh, seeing who could eat uh, a bowl of cereal the fastest, you know, I'd be, you yeah. know, trying to knock let it me, down. Let me see if we got some. Let's see. Right. <laughs> so, we'll so, right I, so I am very competitive. Anybody that know me will tell you that it's just, you know, who I am. I'm just wired that way. I love it. I love it. Um, 
So like our first guest, Mike Fulton, Daryl was inducted into the Marin Athletic Foundation Hall of Fame. I got it right this time, Duff. Uh, Daryl, I said that Fulton was in the Marin Basketball Hall of Fame. That's wrong. He's in the Marin Athletic Foundation Hall yes. of Fame. As are you, you were in the class of 2018. Fulton was a couple years after you, right? Correct. Um, so anyway, we're, we're really honored to have you here with us. And I want to, there's so many things that I want to cover with you. But to start, let's just, let's give our, our basketball nerd listeners a taste of some of the, I, I want to talk about refing for a minute. And okay. then we're going to come back to it. But my first question for you, I have so many questions about refing. Um, Daryl, is refing fun? Most of the time. It seems, it seems really stressful to me, and it, the issue that I have with refing, and I want to hear your perspective on this, if you do a fantastic job, nobody notices you. That's right. They only notice you when you screw up. Right? Absolutely. Okay, so talk about that. Yes, that, that's pretty much how it go from the NBA down to CYO. Um, but I, I think, as we touched on the other day, um, if you can start to build those relationships and the coaches felt heard, and even a player who comes over and you know have a question, if you can communicate, it it, it lessens the the call that you made, yeah. and and I think they say okay, you know, and they can live with that, right? It's the referee that puts their hand up and say that's it, coach, or you know, um, I'm not, you know, talking about the call I made. That's when it starts to get a little tricky, right? And I've you know spoke to some of the younger officials about that, you know, about you know. Uh, talking to the coaches being open to you know them you know having something to say you listening and then you guys go from there I mean having a dialogue I find that as a, as a coach as a player the referees who like you said and, and you I've you've refed some of my my games and and with Fulton and I we talk about it being able to ask a question or right, what did you see there what what happened there, there you go having a dialogue that's helpful then Absolutely. Just put your hand up and say, nope, don't talk to me, coach. Absolutely. And I cringe when I see officials who do that, um, even when I go to watch games, because I, I, I still support the local high schools. I, I enjoy yep. you know, watching the kids who go from CYO to like his son, you know, who kind of go through the levels. I enjoy watching them, you know, like Darion Trammell. So, yeah. um, so when, when I'm not reffing, I'm watching, right? I'm, I'm you know, seeing what the, even the, on the NBA level and, you know, of course, you know, when I'm doing high school games and um, it, it just, uh, I, you know, I, um, you know, like like a great comedian said, you know, um, good comedians borrow, great comedians steal. <laughs> so, right. so I try to beg, borrow and steal. So to, to, to make my game better, I listened when I first got into reffing. Yeah. I, I took in the information that the other officials, you know, were willing to, you know, to share with me. And unfortunately, some officials who, particularly the new ones, they don't like sometimes to be told, hey, you did this or did that. They're not receptive sometimes. But again, sometimes it's all about the delivery and the person who's, you know, giving them the information. Yeah. And um, again, um, I think, you know, one of my biggest assets is uh, dealing with people. You know, I do it every day, um, you know, personally and professionally. So speaking of dealing with people, and this one wasn't in the questions we gave you, but I'm just curious. Like, so when you're in a crew of refs, right, you're in... It's, it's three, three of you, yeah. three of you. And if you're with someone who you maybe feel like is missing stuff, at what point, like, there's, there's certain parts of the floor that's your call versus their call, right? Primary. So how do you manage that? You, 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 uh, you manage it by, um, you know, well, first and foremost, stand in your primary, 
but then also at, at maybe uh, at a timeout or in the locker room at halftime, you, you hope that it's somebody who can um, make adjustments and, you know, say, hey, you know, what were you looking at over in my area right. or, or, or whatever? So, you know, you don't, you know, try to talk down to them, but you give them the information that, you know, may make the game flow a little better and may help them not only for this game, for, you know, future games. That's what it's all about, getting right. better each game. Because every game is different, right? One game you can nail it, leave out of there, you know, feeling good, and then the next week you're driving away like, oh, I blew that one. What just happened? So, right? Yeah, so right. Exactly. Game to game. I got you. All right. Well, we're we're gonna come back to refing. I c- I could talk to you about refing for about five hours, but uh, <laughs> so I want to go back to growing up for you. And you grew up in Marin City, and so our our listeners who are familiar with Marin, know Marin City. We, we you know, Daryl, we got we got a broad reach with this podcast. We're, we're going international here, right? Absolutely, so absolutely. might have some people who don't know as much about Marin City. So tell tell our listeners about Marin City and talk about what it was like growing up there. Yeah, Marin City has more history than than people know about, right? It's, it's been buried, you know, here in this, you know, affluent, you know, wealthy Marin area. But uh, it, there's a lot of history. Uh, the people who came to work in the shipyards, you know, that's where they lived in Marin. And um, and there's just a rich history that I'm still learning about. Uh, um, a lady who I've worked with, Felicia Gaston, um, has had an exhibit, you know, put up. And she's you know done a book on the rich history of Marin City, and we've had some great athletes to come out of Marin City. Absolutely, and um, and people sleep on that as well. But <laughs> no, we it's a rich history. Um, I'm proud of being from Marin City, you know, just like anywhere else, you know, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Sure. But to this day, I try to be the example for the people that come from Marin City that, you know, we can, you know, do whatever we want to do. We can't blame where you come from, you know, and anything like that. A lot of my close friends, former teammates, and, um, and, you know, people that I've met over the years, you know, they know where I come from. I've never shied away from that. Anybody who know me know that I'm the pride of Marin City yep. and I do the best I can to represent. And, um, and uh, yeah, my mom, um, you know, still lives there. I have a brother that lives there and Duff has met my mom. Um, she's now 94 Wow. and uh, she's back home um, and uh, she's, uh, you know, slowing down a little bit, but um, she's still there and uh, my family, you know, again, we all were raised there. A lot of great people have kind of come out of Marin City, but unfortunately, being here in Marin, when things have happened, it seems to get you know blown up a little more than if it happened in Tiburon sure. or any other areas of Marin City. You know, you you being a local, you kind of know the dynamics of how yep. things work. But I'm proud to be from Marin City. I will continue to represent Marin City. I will do whatever I can to help anybody that's from that area or Marin County in general. But, um, yeah, it was, it was great, you know, playing ball. Yeah. You know, we went to different neighborhoods to play against the guys from that neighborhood, and we just grew up riding bikes, you know, going to, you know, play ball. We didn't need coaches or, you know, our parents telling us, hey, go play football, go do that. We enjoyed playing ball, and that's what we did, and um, it was a great place to grow up. Well, talk about, you mentioned coaches, <clears throat> talk about, so you were an amazing athlete in high school, right? Three sports star. So when you started playing sports when you were growing up, when you were young, you mentioned that, you know, you go play with your friends, go to the playground and, and just and just play. Did you have organized sports? Did you start playing, you know, 
team sports like ba basketball as a, as a kid or yeah. how'd that work? Absolutely. I uh, started playing, I guess, probably literally first at six in the minor leagues. And then we had the boys, well, now it's the boys and girls club. We had the boys club where we played basketball. And then I got into Pop Warner football at maybe eight or nine. But uh, I had some uh, some good coaches, uh, Michael Evans, who's going into the Marin County Hall yeah. of Fame this year. I had Tim Grayson. We had Lenny Lyons. Uh, we had the Knutson family, Steve Knutson and, and Connie Knutson, who the Sauce Little Little League baseball field is named after. And you know these guys were more than just coaches. They were mentors. They cared. You know they checked in on us. I mean, they're you know if if. A, kid didn't have a glove they would buy him one you know because not everybody had right. both parents you know a lot of single families so it was important and it still um makes an impression on some of the guys lives to this day when me and my buddies get together we talk about those times when some of the coaches we had and what an impact it had on our lives so it's uh it's pretty cool so that's why i try to be the way i am absolutely and so that those kids can come back and say hey you know d thanks for you know thanks for caring and you know and and everything you did like when i coached little league baseball you know um i told them you know it's going to be about you know a lot about baseball but it's going to be checking in how you doing in school and all those other things that surround you know the the, the sport that they're playing it's a true role model kind of and you you mentioned this to me before we were recording that you know in some cases you had kids that had single parent upbringings, and so a coach had a really important role in that kid's life. Absolutely, yep. It um, impacts a kid more than we know at the time. Right. It's not until we get a little older and we, you know, either have kids or start to get into coaching and stuff that you know what it takes to really be, you know, coach. Because back then, you know, coaches they came from whatever job they did straight out to the ball field, sure. you know helping us now a lot of coaches are a part of the school so they're there they're around the campus so they still kind of have that interaction with the students but you know back when we were playing you know a coach came from their job they already had their own kids their families yep. and they came to you know to, to help us and now me and my friends are like wow you know they they really care um, yeah because they already had their own stuff going on it's awesome so uh so let's you go to tam um, what what was the MCAL like in the late '80s? So you, again, you graduated in '88. Um, you know, let's talk basketball first. Um, yeah. So, who were your biggest rivals? Who were the the toughest guys you faced? Who did you just yeah. think, man, that guy's I yeah, don't yeah. want to face that guy? Right. Well, I thought about it, and each team had a couple good, you know, some good players. You know, whether it was Drake with Paul Trevor, who's now a coach, or Reed Nottingham and um, yep. Ned Friedman and those yep. guys. Uh, if it was uh, San Rafael with uh, Billy Archer and Drew Miller and Bobby Aldridge sure. and those guys. Uh, up at Nevada, we had Darren Amon, Darren who was could, the all-time leading scorer. He could shoot it. I think Joey might have passed him. I'm yeah. not sure. But Darren could, could fill it up. Yep. Um, you know, there was San Moran with Gray uh, Gort, I think his name is. Um, you had, you know, and then Nevada also had Frank Robinson, who will, and eventually played pro football as a defensive back, and, mm. and um, they had Anthony Brown. So yeah, no, all the teams, you know, were, were solid, you know. Um, but of course, Redwood was the big rivalry, the Tam Redwood thing. Of course, that, no matter what, that was always the the big game and packed house. But no, all teams were uh, pretty competitive um, back in the. Uh, 
in the mid to late 80s. So, so for, uh, for our for our non-Marin listeners, Tam and Redwood uh, closely uh, lo- located close to each other. So yes. you got you got some territorial, you got some geographic yes. tension. Yeah, because there. those were the kids you uh, played, you know, that went to Del Mar or exactly. Valley Middle School um, or, you know, in that area. So it was either go to Tam or Redwood, right? Yeah. Um, even some of the kids from Marin City went to Tam, so we ended up playing against them. Um, so it was always, you know, always look forward to those uh, to those games um, because of already, you know, being familiar because a lot of those guys we played Pop Warner with, right? You played Babe Ruth together or against them. So once yeah. we got to high school, then, you know, we went our separate ways, but then we, uh, we always, you know, were cool and always had fun playing against each other. So you mentioned the name Michael Evans. He's a, a legendary coach in Marin. He's been at, he was at TAM for a long time. You, you mentioned he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Yes, he is. Um, he was your coach at TAM. T- talk about playing for Coach Evans. Yeah, yeah, it's funny um, because he coached me in almost everything I played. It, it's, it's, it's funny, it's weird, but when I played freshman football, he was the freshman football coach along with Coach Mack, who's a legend here. In, in Marin, yep. and uh, I moved up to varsity uh, my sophomore year to play football, and then he moved to varsity. Um, he also was the freshman boys basketball coach, and I played freshman. I moved up to JV my sophomore year. He went to JV, and then when I finally went to varsity in basketball, he was the varsity. He's just following coach. you, dude. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm just wondering if I had went out and played water polo or for the golf team, would he have followed me out there? Chess so, club. You yep. know, I'm just like, damn. So, 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 so sometime when I look back, you know, he, you know, some of my game was modeled after Michael. He was a calm, cool, and collective type of player, yeah. um, you know, way more, you know, cooler than I was, you know, because you had mentioned about how I was as a player. And, and it's funny because I see guys who officiated me and uh, I, 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 you know, got a little... <laughs> Hot sometimes. So, Daryl, that was one of my questions. Were you, would you talk to the refs? Were, I, you, were you? Yep, I would. And then I would say, we, I would watch it on film, and I say, I'm not doing that next game. And then once the the, the, the whistle blew, there you go. There I was. <laughs> so that's one thing that's funny. So um, yeah, but yeah. Well, you know, I, I think uh, it's funny. I mean, my sense is the best refs. Uh, are guys who or, or women who who played the game? Yeah, right. Because yeah. they, yeah. you for see the what most it's part, like. Most, most, most. Every now and again, you'll get some guys just like in, especially on a professional level. But yeah. just at whatever level, sometime you'll get a guy who, you know, may have not played past high school, but they just get it and they understand. So right. you know, so sometime, but most of the time, it helps. You just uh, again being local and doing. The games here, just walking into a gym and Dub seeing me, it's like, okay, we got D. So we know that there's going to be somewhat of uh, yeah. a fair game, right? You know, and he's going to call it to the best of his ability. And that's what I appreciate, you know. Um, not always going to get every call right, but, um, right. but they, you know, you guys know you can talk to me. Um, you guys know I'm going to take care of the kids. Um, but now that we've had you on the podcast, we will get every call, right? No, that's I mean, right. I'll think about it. Let's see. If, let's that's see. a form of sponsorship, we'll, we'll, Duff. We'll, we'll, we'll see when we get the playback, you know, what it, <laughs> what it looks like. And uh, so, yeah, but, but most of the time it does help um, that, you know, yeah. if you 
played, been around the game, at least been around the game, right? And you just start to, you know, learn little things, um, you know, when I'm reffing basketball. Like if it's a close, you know, ball that's out of bounds, you know, you know, two players, you know, I, I can give a quick look, you know, and see what player might be guilty of touching the ball yeah. last, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. So there's little things that you pick up, little nooks and crannies you can pick up along the way um, that um, makes it uh, – you know, makes it interesting. But again, like I said, I've had guys who coached, you know, years and years, even the great late, may he rest in peace, Jess Racines, who was a basketball official. He was a PE teacher at TAM. Mm -hmm. He, you know, MCAL think, you know, he, he um, did some college, if I'm not mistaken, but, you know, he would come to my games um, and, and, you know, give me a little, you know, tidbits on you know what I did or what I didn't do why did I make that call right. you know and why didn't I make that call right and then the great late Larry Moyer yeah who I miss you know dearly he just passed away last earlier this year maybe earlier this year so I dedicated last season um, to him he always gave me advice you know he like he told me basketball is a contact sport it's not a collision sport right right and so he would you know always give me you know little you know, advice on, um, you know, what I should do or what I can do better and uh, what not to do. Right. That's great. Hey, before we move on from your TAM experience, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that you were, you were close friends with Tupac. Um, and you mentioned me, you know, obviously that's been in the news recently, but, you know, tell that story. What, what was it like being, did you know at that time when you guys were young that he was going to be a star? Is that what he wanted? Or, you know, just talk about that. He, he, he was hungry. Um, he knew it. You know, we didn't um, at the time. We, we saw that he had some uh, some skills and stuff like that. I mean, we would leave the house sometime and he would have this notepad with him and we'd be like, yo, man, please leave that here. I mean, <laughs> It was funny. It was like it was like um, you know Snoopy with his blanket, right? <laughs> right. He just carried it around <laughs> everywhere. That's why there's still music that was coming out, you know, years after he had totally. passed away, because he had, you know, he wrote for the love of writing. You know what I mean? It's not like some of these rappers who it, you know, who it takes them three years to come up, you know, with another album. And he was spitting stuff out. If you think about his career, it wasn't that that long, right? Right. I mean, he got going, you know, the the early ninety one, ninety two with Digital Underground, and then by ninety six he was dead. But there was what four or five albums. It's unbelievable. It, it's it's crazy, and so much more that never even got put out. Um, so he 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 knew it. You know, a lot of what he talked about is stuff that he saw early in his life and um and so his mom and what she had been through and then he lands here in Marin now it was Marin City but Marin and so for me and my friends that he hung around he saw how we you know um interacted with the white people and 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 all these different people that we hung out with become you know coming from New York and then he you know stopped in Baltimore but I think it was his first time really being able to see, you know, that things can be good, you know, right. for a person, especially a person of color. And so as time went on, I think some of that, you know, angered him. And, uh, and, um, and like, why do some people get to live like this? And why do others live like that? So, but, uh, no, nah, he was, uh, was he know, an athlete? He, 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 he really wasn't an athlete when we'd be down at the basketball court and stuff like that. He, you know, may shoot one bucket when he like, nah, no, okay. nah, <laughs> stick nah. to your notebook, <laughs> stick, to, stick to your notebook, but uh cool dude. We had some fun times. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, when I see stuff, you know, with, you know, 
him and you know people ask me i could be in south carolina and my cousins will tell their friends that i was cool with tupac they'd come over they'd sit down and say yeah. or they'd be like this okay go just talk yeah yes yes just talk about it and then yeah. everybody be like is he still alive is he in cuba <laughs> like, no he, he's gone you know me and my friends were actually in um las vegas when he was killed we were actually um on our way to the club to meet up with him oh, when man. the uh, incident happened. Um, and they just arrested a guy yep. um, last week. Um, again, you know, we don't know. It's too early to tell. This guy has put himself at the scene of the crime. But, we, you know, I'm going to, you know, wait and see what happens. You sure. know, hopefully justice will be served one way or another. But Tupac was a great guy. Um, he is, you know, he's a legend, you know, he's loved worldwide and, um, just, you know, happy to call him, um, a friend. Thanks for, for telling us that, that story. And it is amazing when you think about the body of work, the amount of creativity that that guy had and the talent and his career was five years. Yes. Four or five years. I think when he passed away, he was worth $200,000 and now he's worth, uh, I think yeah. his estate is worth, you know, it's up with 20 plus million or yeah. whatever it is. Um, I get asked to, to be a part of books. Um, actually, what's, uh, what's his name? Um, he's a, he writes sports books. Um, can't think of his name right now, but you know, um, because I am friends with the family, you know, mm -hmm. we have to be careful in what we get involved in. Sure. Um, because some of the stuff is not the estate that's doing it right. Just like there was just, um, the Dear Mama saga that yeah. was out a couple months ago. I had a couple little parts in there, but that was his estate. So I stay away from people who are just trying to cash in on just uh, putting stuff out about Tupac. Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing. Um, so let's let's go back to uh, let's go back to your your life as a ref, Daryl. Um, so what what are your what are your favorite parts of refing? Uh, favorite parts are. Um, Seeing a kid develop, right, that, you know, you and as an official, um, you know, you giving them information that can be helpful. Um, a lot of kids are and gals are handsy, you know, and, you know, and I'll warn them. So, like, if you guys are uh, yep. are coaching, you'll hear me say out the key, out the key, right, yep. hands off. So then when I do blow the whistle, you, you'll say to your player before I can, he warns See? you. He, he told <laughs> you, get your hands off, right, yep. get out the key, right. Move your feet. So stuff like that, um, it really uh, makes me feel good, you know, especially at the lower level. I, I, that's where I can really, you know, um, help out a little more. At the high school level, some coaches are okay with, you know, me saying, you know, right. something. Then there's other coaches, you know, that, you know, who will just be like, you know, I got it, you know. And this Don't talk that. to my team. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. That that doesn't happen too often with me, but I've seen it happen with other partners, you know, where a coach will yeah. say, you know, knock it off. But um, yeah, um, but just seeing uh, players grow, or even on the officiating side, somebody that I'm, I'm working with who may be new, and I've kind of helped them develop, right? So not only just for the players, you know, and even a new coach that I've made, you know, be just like you know a situation where if it's a coach that I know, say Duff, you know, they're up forty points, you know, because of our relationship, I can go by and say, call the press off, yeah, right? come on, Duff, you know what I mean? It's like you know get. You know, stuff like that. Not doing it. No. Have you met Duffy before? Come on. So, 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 there's stuff like that where, you know, I'm just like, all right, you know. But, no, I love it. It's, it's you know, another avenue 
for me to be involved with sports yep. coaching. It takes up a lot of time, as you guys know. So um, this is my way. I still, I just got San Domenico coach just asked me to, to, to coach over there. Um, I've been asked over the years to, to get back into coaching, but because of my day job and just being busy, talking sure. out with my mom and stuff like that, um, officiating still allows me to be a part of the game, but I don't have to be there to coach, um, practice, going to games, wherever they may be and, and all that. It's time consuming. That's again, why I appreciate when we look back at the coaches we had growing up, you know, you know, how much we appreciate them, you know, spending time with us. And the parents, right? You don't, you have to deal with the parents in the game itself, but you don't have to deal with the parents over the course of a season and, and, you know, playing time and positions and all the, all the things that can become very time consuming to discuss. Absolutely. You know, um, Again, you know, me being a local, a lot of the parents know me, yep. but, you know, and sometimes you'll get a parent who, you know, get to yapping uh, and we're, you know, taught to not have elephant ears, right. elephant ears. So I, I'll do a quick look up like that. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like knock it off. That's my kind of knock it off. Look. Really? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it like. Really? You didn't just see your son, you know, slap him on the arm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's uh, kind of. So I have, I have I feel like this is stuff. This is like therapy for me talking to Daryl about refing. So uh, I'm going to paint a, a hypothetical for you, Daryl. Um, curious how we deal with this. So you see, you have one official's under the basket, one official's trailing right at the at the around the half court, mm-hmm. and let's say the official who's under the basket is calling the game really tight, right, and the trail is letting things go, right, and then the other end of the floor, the trail now is under the basket, right. And the, they're flipped, so you've got one person calling it really tight on one right. end and one person who's letting things go on the other end. How do you recommend, me as a coach, how do I handle that eloquently and with class, but it's an issue, right? That, that's a great question. You, you hope that the, the officials will come together and figure that out. That's a great question yeah. because what we want to do is mirror each other. Be consistent. Be right. consistent. Yeah. Mirror each other. If I'm letting that look, you know, if these, whatever it is, maybe a, a slight a carry, carry right. you know, if I'm letting it go down there, you know, either get it early or if I'm letting it go, then, you know, let's kind of the way we don't call it with, you know, a minute to go in the fourth quarter, right? If that's what we're doing. So you want to mirror each other again. In game, you know, um, adjustments, you know, are sometimes needed or when you get to the locker room you know you, we talk about it now um in big games like when we get to the playoffs or just big rivalry games yeah. during the season you know you want to have a partner that you come out in you know in your pre-game and you talk about things like that you want you want to know what guy from a previous game who's a knucklehead you know you want to know right. especially like in again it's it's in game but it's also like when we get to ncs we don't want, you know, the, the best players to have two fouls early, right? Marginal contact, you know what I mean? Right. Some of that stuff, you know, you, you, you want to, you know, be careful of, you know, that type of stuff. Like uh, Larry Moyer said, you know, it's, it, basketball is a contact sport. So, yeah, so you, you want to have somebody that you can always have dialogue with, like we had talked about a few minutes ago. And you can say, you know, hey, you know, we need to watch out. You know, the, the fouls are nine to two. You know what I mean? So let, let's take a look at that, you know, and just stuff like that. So you just want to have open conversation and, and, and be aware. See, bas- see, people think that basketball, yeah. it, it is about, you know, calling, making the foul calls and this and that. But it's also 
about in-game adjustments, but all the other things that go into the game, you know, about, you know, watching the fouls and making sure that the table is ran correctly and, you know, they're not stopping it when they're not supposed to stop. Right. So as I've moved along, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's more, you know, um, you know, a, a lot of stuff that go into it because we're responsible for the shot clock. We're responsible for all that stuff. So sure. when I do, when I'm doing a game, when I go over like Duff, if he's working the table, we're a team. Right. If me and you are officiating, yep. we go over and, and we tell him we are a team. So if there's anything, you know, that's in question, you yep. know, don't wait five minutes, you know, <laughs> into the game when something could have been corrected right then. So, you know, we, we work together. So, you know, there's there's So you learn game management, time management and all those other things that go in um, to the game on top of being, you know, hopefully calling a good game. Hey, a little shout out here to the unsung people, the people running the shot clock. Have you ever, have either of you ever done that? I haven't. It is the, it might be the most stressful thing that I've ever done. Like I, <laughs> like being an air traffic controller would be right. stressful. I think this, running the shot clock, you have to be on it. And shout out to Skylar Chavez who runs the shot clock for San Domenico mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. I sat with him to do a JV boys, I ran the shot clock and I, I lost a lot of hair that day. Yeah. It's very stressful. Well, because you have to know, do you reset it for a timeout? Exactly. Do you reset it for a foul call? And all that, yeah. And it's constant, right? Shot goes up, rebound. Oh, I got to reset it again. Like you got to be yeah. on. Well, that was an air ball. If you don't reset and, and all that type. Particularly of stuff. if it's a close game late. I mean that that really well really really matters. So. Yeah. So that person only runs the shot clock. Nothing else. They're not doing like the. Well, if you're Skylar Chavez, who's a total stud, he right. does both right. things. Right. I, exactly. He, he could tell that my intellect was not up to his level, so he just right. he gave me my little lane of just do the shot clock and yeah. don't screw that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but. yeah, funny, funny, funny. Anyway, so um, question for you on um, talk us through some like big games, big calls that you've made, any kind of war stories that you have from your refing of um, like whether it's a like first of all, what's the, what's the have you done? You mentioned NCS games. Have you done like high championship games, NCS, NorCal, yeah. whatever? Yeah, I, I've done um, championship games here for the MCAL. Um, Marin Catholic, um, done some uh, NCS last year. I did uh, Northern California after NCS. Um, Bishop O'Dowd. Mm. Um, that was that was pretty cool. Um, did you do the Branson Redwood game last year? I did. Uh, I did the first one. They played twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second game, I think Branson won the second. Game. Yeah. I was there. I actually was there watching. Yeah. That was a. Uh, that was, that was pretty intense. So is that is that fun when you got a big crowd and it's loud? It it, it is it is you 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 know you you get that high of um, being a former player, right? You do you drive away and you're you know sometimes and other officials will tell you you know you go home and you, it takes time to to unwind because sure. you're just fired up because of being you know um, pumped up to being a, a part of that. Like I told you about the. Uh, SI Sarah game right at the uh, Marine Catholic Boys Tournament uh, over Christmas break last year. Big rivalry. That was a big rivalry. It was like a six o'clock game or whatever, and so it was a packed house, and uh, that was uh, probably the highlight of uh, last year. It was uh, we had a good crew. We had other officials there watching us, and uh, they thought we did a good job. So that's always cool when you, you know, you, that's great validation. Yeah, I, I got I got another question for you, another shout out to all the uh, the lowly assistant coaches like me and Duff out there. So uh, it was a game last year where we were playing and, and ref blew a call and I mentioned something and Fulton 
looked at me and said, trust me, the ref does not want to hear from you. <laughs> Uh, now, I think that was me personally, but also just in general, kind of assistant coaches should not be talking to the refs. Is that is that true? For the most part, if it's uh, a, an assistant who, um, again, it's not, you know, how you, you know, what you say is how you say it, right? Yeah. So if it's, if it's an assistant who's being, you know, kind of a jerk, then I don't <laughs> want to hear from you. Right. But if it's an assistant who may, you know, may have just a question. Daryl, I was then, very nice when I would talk to the refs. Well, then that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But no, but if it's an, a, an assistant who, you know, may have something to say and you know, you know, you know, know him and, you know, right. but, but you don't want to get, you know, too many people, you know, especially if it's a close game, if it's chippy, and then you got both coaches going at it right. to That's, talk to you, then that can be... Um, what about, um, Daryl, what about coming up, I've done this only a few times, but coming up like at halftime and just having a little conversation. Last year, CYO, we played against a player, a very good player, but pretty good at, you know, drawing the, the, the foul by, you know, a little bit, I would call it flopping. Right. Uh, it was dramatic. And so I would just, I went up to the refs, I would, maybe at halftime before the game, I'd say, you know, how do you want us to play that? Because we know he's going to do it. Right. What, you know, how, how, how should we, how should I tell our players to handle that? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I get that as well. And um, Is that helpful uh, or is that more like... It, it, it's, it's helpful and hopefully he'll give you the feedback, you know, because I know coaches will, that this this is um, one where, you know, the, the, the hands down, yeah. you know. So, <clears throat> so, yeah, so it's helpful, you know, to, um, you know, talk to us and so we can say, hey, well, he needs to do this or, you know, not drop his hands, you know, when the, when the guy is, you know, going up for the basket. So it's definitely helpful. If I were a coach, I would do it. You know, what can I do, right? You know, what should I tell my players at halftime to make the adjustments? You know, again, we, we adjust, you guys adjust, and that's what it's all about, making the, the proper adjustments. Fulton's really good at, at and again, he's been do, coaching for 40, 50 years, but um, he's really good at managing the refs. And I mean, we'll... Daryl, you tell me, but the way that he approaches it is instead of saying, oh, you missed that one or whatever, it's, it's just he'll walk up during a, t a free throw or something and he'll say, all right, what, what did you see there? Yeah. Help me out. Help me help my kids out. Right. What did you see? And he, he frames it in a question. He, he's sneaky. He, he's sneaky. He's slick. And he 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 knows how he knows what he's doing. He, it's it's crafty. Just, he's, he's crafty. He's it's, it's, yeah. it's in the blood, you know. So right. he's learned and developed a way to say things, you know, and then he'll move on right away. That right. that that's that, that's like he'll he'll say what he, he need to say and then he'll go on and get it off his chest. He'll get it off his chest and then he'll go back to, to coaching immediately, right? Right. So that he doesn't have to engage, you know, he's okay, you know, you might have missed it. So um that's how he he um he he does it. He'll say what he need to say, be done with it, and he won't come back and be like, Well, you know, this or that later on. He'll say it, right. just kind of put that bug in your ear you know, about whatever you might have missed, and then he'll, so I appreciate that. Who, who have been the toughest coaches for you to, uh, or, or, or who, who are the coaches who get on you the most in MCAL, in your experience? Um, well, one of them is indirectly can be tough on, on, on the refs, and that's Jay from Redwood. Yep. Um, he, he, he Great can be coach, tough. Jay DeMaestri. Yep, DeMaestri, um, he's a TAM guy. Yep. T-high. So, so every now and again, he'll, he'll chirp at me, but I've seen him, you know, <laughs> just, you know, just get on other guys, you know, and, but he's mellowed out some, right, as he's gotten older and, and, um, but JJ's one of them. Does it work? Um, it's 50-50. It's 50-50. Some refs will say, okay, you, you want to, you know, 
Talk you want to like talk? That. Yeah, I'm going every little ticky tack thing right. your team does. So you, it, it can't hurt a team. And but see, as a ref, you really shouldn't take that stuff personal because the coach is, you know, on you like that, you know, and then you know punish the players. But you know, let's just keep it real. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm sure it, it happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, but you know, no. But back to the question, I'm just trying to think. Um, just some of you know. How was Jonas? Was Jonas tough on you? Not really. Jonas, I mean. You know, Brett, you know, before yeah. he retired. Tavani. See, these guys, I mean, try, I mean, you know, you played for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, or who'd you play? You I played, played for Jonas. For, yeah, yeah, you played for Jonas. Yeah. But, but, I mean, I you know, knew him when I was a player. I mean, I'm just trying to think um, now with. Uh, Everybody's with, good, with, man. Well, uh, what's the Satterfield coach? He um, Sometimes he can be a little tough. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. But uh, yeah. he can be tough sometime. And, uh, and then, you know. Yeah, I've been lucky for the most part. And you, uh, you, you ref the girls' side as well, right? Yes, yes. So, you so know, Tony Butler sometimes he can, you know, he'll say a few words, but he's, but he's cool too. So, for how about me, Ashley? Been, how about Ashley Sia? She, 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 she actually last year she did um, for Ashley. a call. Ashley did, and uh, she apologized because. Uh, it, you know, she kind of thought about it, and I was like, "Ashley, we're good, we're good." You know? Yeah. And then Mike, even her dad, her dad Mike, th- there MC was a, coach. there was a call last year in a game, and uh, and he said, you know, he, he, I think he even texted me later on. It was like D, you know, or I, I saw him the next yeah. game. You yeah. know, it, it was just one of those one offs, right? It's not like you know, they're not like that all the time. And again, I get it. If I was a coach and I knew somebody, you know, that I was friendly with off the court. If it, you know, it happens, it happens. But I know that that's not, you know, you know. Well, it's interesting also coming from Mike Sire, right? Because he was a, a high-level D1 ref. Absolutely. <laughs> we played ball together in the 40 and over. Yeah. Um, me, him, and Doug Donellan. Yeah. So we had a pretty damn good team. I'm sure. Uh, we were, yeah, we would. These guys can play. They could play. Uh, you know what, Daryl? Great segue into another topic we want to talk about, which is your adult league <laughs> years. So, um Duffy talks about when yeah, you, you would light up these adult leagues, but that you you were always talking in those games. And not, not you know, some of it you were a little good-natured smack talk, yes. but mostly yes. just kind of good-natured banter. Yes. Yeah. So, and you're a people person, as if the listeners can't tell. I mean, Daryl's an awesome guy. He's very personable. He's charismatic. Um, talk about how that, we'll talk about your adult league playing days, how you like that, and then just how you're, you know, your kind of your people person nature, how that informs your basketball game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, a skill that everybody doesn't have. You know, right. some people either can talk great smack, you can't put the ball in a hoop, or <laughs> can put the ball in a hoop, it can't talk smack. So I unfortunately have a a, a, a long <laughs> time to develop the, that skill set. And uh, yeah, we used to go at it, but uh, yeah, I just. Again, man, I, I don't even set out to do it. It's just it yeah. was just a part of my game, and uh, like I said, I would still play hard though. You know what I mean? I wasn't you know some slacker who you know would talk smack and then let these guys you know blow by me. I would you know. Well, you would compliment. I recall you would compliment when someone on the other team made a nice move, and I, that's yep. something I would yep. say to my younger players yep. coaching. It's like. It's okay. It's not weak yeah. to tell someone that right. something's yeah. right. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's right. D- yeah, yeah, like that's right. He's he's right about that. I would say, good shot. I, I mean, damn. You know <laughs> what I mean? Then I would try to go back down and 
get it back. Get you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was fun, man. Like I said, I just stopped playing a couple of years ago. I miss it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know, it was fun. You know, I loved that was how I got my workout in, a good sweat and just a competitive nature. Um um a plan against the guys, um, a lot of who I, I knew from the past. So I miss it, and uh, it's funny because I don't get to talk a lot of smack anymore. So, um, <laughs> so, yeah, you, so you're better not as a ref, yeah. No, no. Um, well, you know, so. I mean, for you young listeners out there, um, if you think that your your playing days are over after high school if you don't play in college, I mean, here's three guys sitting here now, all in our late 40s, early 50s, who played basketball our entire lives, and it's mm-hmm. it's something that's brought us joy and kept us in shape and um, brought us a sense of community. So it's just a great game. It really is. Um, okay, I want to go back to back to Marin City because there's a cool story. You, you mentioned his name, Darion Trammell. Um, you know, Marin City kid, phenomenal player, played for San Diego State in the NCAA title game last year. Um, just a really awesome story. You know, grew up in Marin City, um, went to St. Ignatius, no offers out of high school, right? Went to Golden State Prep, um, kind of a sister school to prolific prep up in Napa, got a D1 opportunity at Seattle University, did great there, transfers to San Diego State, and then he's playing in the national championship game against uh, his uh, MC counterpart, Joey Calcaterra. Just a pretty cool story about Marin. So talk about Darion and your connection to him and just in general, kind of the, you're such a great figure in Marin City and helping these kids. Like, just talk about that. Yeah, um, I grew up with uh, Darion's mom and um, auntie and the family, been known the families for, you know, my whole life. And then of course his dad and his family. And uh, it, it was really cool. It rallied the community. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, the watch parties on uh, I did. on TV. And then I, you know, pretty much stuck my foot in my mouth when I said on the news that if they go to Houston, we're going. <laughs> so, so we had to book the flight. You gotta go, man. And head to Houston. But yeah, no, I'm talking that it 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 it, it just gave um, the community hope. Um, it gave us uh, the opportunity to show who we are, right? You know, on top of everything else that we have been known for. Um, and it was, he was just the perfect guy to lead the way. You know, he's so humble. Yeah. Um, he's just a, a great guy. We just had a three on three basketball tournament um, over the summer. And uh, he was down there. I um, I went to the board of supervisors, and I was able to get him the uh, what's it called the uh, resolution um, from the board. So that was pretty cool that he's got that from the county. And then he just came back, and him and Joey had a uh, yeah a, a basketball clinic that they did. But yeah, but um, Tremel he comes from a good family. He's a great kid. He's humble. He actually came when he was back over the summer. He played in the Bay Club oh, cool. men's league that I referee, and he—I mean, it was just just fun to watch him up close. I mean, he's just so subtle and so smooth with his game. There was one game where it was tied. He had the ball with like maybe 16, 17 seconds, and he just kind of hung out near half court, and then he made his move, and then he pulled up from I think three and just drained it, and everybody in the gym was like, "Wow!" It was just like Jesus Christ. This, yeah. This is funny. And then he came and played again. Game, you're not going to believe this. Game was tied. He's at the free throw line. He missed both free throws. 
everybody was like, this guy just made a free throw He's in human. front of the whole <laughs> freaking world yeah. to send him to the freaking, um, you know, yeah. to the final eight or whatever. So it was it was funny to see that. But yeah, great kid. Um, he's excited. Um, his dad, I just saw his dad the other day. He's uh, number 75 in the country. And then he's in the top 25 for guards in the nation. Wow. So he's on the radar now. Um, I'm excited. They, they're bringing back a bunch of guys. They got a couple of transfers coming yeah. in. So we will um, go see them play when they come. Um, last year they came and played at Stanford in the preseason. So not sure where the, what the schedule was this year, but we'll definitely go and support him. And um, he will. he's the type of guy that he will either end up in the G League and probably and sneak onto a roster mm-hmm. somewhere sure. in the NBA because, you know, his story and just his work ethic and stuff, or he'll definitely go overseas or somewhere. But he'll definitely continue to play um, well, once was, he's done with college. Tell him to go play for the Breakers in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good, good, good team. Matt Walsh, the owner. Florida. Yeah, I remember oh, Matt oh, Walsh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Walsh. Yeah, so he'll <laughs> definitely continue to play again. You know, it, it just uh, the community was a uh, very, very. Proud well, of I uh, I'm buddies with Kenny Woodard. You know, twenty four eight, great, great guy. And Kenny works out with Darion. And and um, I was coaching an NBA practice in the spring, and we had practice at TL mm-hmm. at Terrell Linden, the new mm-hmm. gym. Mm-hmm. And we showed up, and Kenny was just finishing up a workout with with Darion, mm-hmm. and there were some kids who were watching, and they were just. It, it might as well have been LeBron, right? You right. Know? I mean, right. they were, and he was so nice to them. He's giving them, you know, dapping them up, giving them fist bumps, and just yeah. really humble, nice guy who's worked so hard and continues to work hard. And it's just a, it's an awesome story. It, it so, is an awesome story. So proud of him. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so before we go, um, you've been so generous with your time, uh, Daryl. It's awesome to talk to you about all this stuff. I do want to talk about one more uh, Marin City. Icon uh, Jerry Mack, Jerry McIntosh, um, and and to our listeners who don't know, Jerry Mack was a beloved figure in Marin City. Went to Tam. You, you can tell the story about how he went to Tam with him, but he he passed away in his in his thirties. He was playing at a basketball game. He had a heart attack. Uh, just a tragic story, but he had a huge impact on Marin City and on kids, and was just a a, a gentle giant, as you say, right? Um, so talk talk about Jerry Mack. Yeah, um, man, that guy was just the, the best. Uh, just He was just a great person. Obviously, he was a good athlete. And uh, I'm hoping one day he will be inducted into yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, to the Sports Hall of Fame. And I mentioned that during my speech. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to get back on that, as a matter of fact, um, to see if we can get him in there. But Jerry was uh, just a just a kind. Just He was just, you know, in, in size intimidating, but his heart was, you know, of gold. And we, we had a lot of battles together um, in football and um, in uh, basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he went on to City and then to Weber State. But um, his name, there's still a tournament, you yep. know, named after him. You go to St. Vincent's, his, you know, plaque is on the wall. Uh, thank to Rick Lewis for, for doing that, keeping his name alive. And, uh I will say this, you know, and I've said it for the last 30 plus years since we were in high school together, that I, I think he could have had a career playing tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, at my size, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would just throw the ball up and Mac would just, you know, come down. I think he had 70 receptions or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe he had soft hands and uh, yeah, it was, it was a sad day. I mean, the, the, the funeral, I mean, there was just 
I mean, standing room only um, because uh, Mac touched a lot of lives. He started, you know, some of those programs, yeah. you know, for the youth <clears throat> and, and stuff like that. And so um, some of my friends, you know, picked it up and kept it going for, for a long time. And um, they still, um, Mac is still remembered and uh, we miss him. And uh, what a great soul. Yeah. Thank you. What a great soul. All right, Duff, we've hit crunch time. So, Daryl, we used to call this the lightning round, but um, I have a tendency to just drone on and on with my questions. So we, we, we didn't think lightning round was a good, good name for it. So it's crunch time. So just some last questions off the top of your head, quick answers. Or they can be long answers. Um, quick, quick, smart brevity. Quick, smart. No, <laughs> that's no fun. I was going to film this day, but... No, nah, forget it. Nah. Um, okay, toughest player you've ever played against, Marin or overall? Basketball, uh, basketball. Um, shoot, that's that's a. You that's can't a, say Duffy. Please don't say Duffy. No, nah, no, nah, Duff was oh, tough. Duff, 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 Duff could feel it out, man. Duff, Duff could was, shoot it. Yes, yes, he could. It was always a tough game when we played against those guys. Ooh, there's a dog in here, Duff. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, off the top of my head, like I said, you know, back when we were playing, uh, uh, I know there was a guard up at San Marin, I can't think of his name, who played me. He was just always in my face. I can't think of his yeah. name now, but at the top of my head, I can't single out one person. Um, I'm going to say Bucky Chavez because that's been that young. Oh, game. right. We haven't mentioned Bucky in this, well, in this episode yeah, yet. Well, Bucky, we, we uh, end up playing together, but Bucky, you know, it takes him like half the game to warm up, right? So I, when I finally got to play with him, and he's over there like jogging on the sideline and putting duct tape. Doing weird on, calisthenics. Yeah, yes, and putting yeah. duct tape <clears throat> on his sweatpants and stuff. I'm like, get your ass in the game. Yeah. We picked you up so that you could fucking kick some ass. <laughs> and uh, he'd be over there like, go, go ahead, you guys. You know, Bucky's got his own. His he, own he, he's got his own thing. His own West every, Marin system. Yes, and everybody loves him, but he's got his own yeah. way of doing things. That's for sure. And he can sing, too. You know. Absolutely, he yeah, can sing. I didn't know that until he sang at Jess Racine's funeral. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he can, so. he can, he can sing. He's got a beautiful voice. All right, uh, D. Favorite gym in Marin? <clears throat> favorite gym in Marin? Uh, I would have to say probably uh, Redwood. I like San Rafael. Yeah, um, but I would say those two. I, you know, um, yeah, I would say those two. Redwood, and San Rafael had some of my best games at those gyms. Love it. Okay, it's you and four other guys heading down to play pickup. What's your dream team? Who, who's with you? Um, probably Doug Danellen. Can shoot it. He can shoot it. Um, also one of the wing, winningest coaches in MCAL history. Yeah, Doug. We, we, he hasn't had enough uh, airtime on this podcast, but Doug coached at Drake for decades and just won so many games. Amazing coach. And I remember uh, playing with him in adult leagues and, and watching him play, man. The guy could yeah, shoot it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's still playing, I think. Still can uh, shoot it. He's yes. still, I think he's playing up in the, the Nevada. He league. is. He yeah. just won it last year, as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah um, good pick and roll player. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so Doug's going to be uh, draining some threes for you. Who else? Uh, I would probably have Derek Bell. He's uh, He played at Sonoma State. Mm -hmm. um, he played down here in uh, the adult leagues uh, for years as well. Probably Derek uh, at the center. Um, who else? You're running point, right? Yeah. All you need is three, right? Right, right. <laughs> I'd have him at the, you know, I'd probably run point, or me and Doug, we, that's how we did it. We were just 
we really didn't have a point guard. We just, yeah. you know, pick and roll or spot up. And uh, uh, who else? Uh, what I need? One more? Uh, or just, uh, there's four of us. How many? Yeah, two more. You need two more. Uh, shoot, who else? Uh, God, man. Um, mm, I don't know. I guess Darion. That's not bad. That works. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would have to go with that. those young legs. We're going two-guard front, I guess. Yeah. That's good. Yes, I like yes, that. Yes, And then uh, the last one. Um, How about Xander McNally? I'm going to give you Xander McNally. Guaranteed 10 steals. Okay, give me Xander then. Pride of Branson. <clears throat> yes. Unbelievable player. So the Xander's uh, unbelievable defensive player. I think led the nation in steals. Went to Denver University, right? University of Denver, DU, and Dominican. But uh, I'm upset with Xander because I think he had personally seven steals on me in an adult league game. <laughs> years ago. Literally seven steals. Right. I think well, I had the ball eight times. You are not alone. I think we have all been yeah. there. If, yeah. if you play against Xander, yeah, you've that, experienced yeah. it. it. It's not fun to play against him. But it'll be fun to see him slow down eventually, whether it's at age 50 or 55. Eventually, he just won't get quite as many steals. Right. Yeah. And and speaking of Branson, did you guys see that uh, the former player from two years ago just got a scholarship to play at, I'm drawing a blank, um, you can look it up, but uh, he played two years ago. He was the point guard, number three, the white kid. Um, oh, yes. Uh, Joaquin. Yeah. At, at Gonzaga. There you go. Yes. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. No, yes. No, he's at he's at Gonzaga. Yes. It's, it's awesome. Hey, he's He's gonna play. He's gonna play. Yeah, he's got. He's he's there. It's it's amazing story. He's a great great yep. kid. Works super hard. Yes. Yes. Um, Branson's. I mean. And then 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 um, Chase Chase Butler is going to Illinois. Yeah. So I don't know. TT has another year. And Peyton so, Malarkey is at Pomona. Peyton. I was just texting with Peyton. Um, I told him because I, I I told Peyton that hey he got some love in episode two. We were talking about floppy action. And I used you as an example. He said. Cool. I'm gonna listen. I'm I'm in midterms right now, but I'll listen. I promise. So, shout out <laughs> yeah. to Peyton. Yeah. Uh, yep. But yep. yeah, Bran- Branson's got a, a got yes. a great program. So they, they got this going. is a great segue, Daryl, into our last question of crunch time prediction for MCAL champion this year. Let's start with the girls' side and then the boys. On the girls' side, it will probably be um, Redwood's gonna be pretty tough. Yep. MC, you know, they're always solid. San Marin is young. But you Tony know, can coach. Tony can coach, so he, they'll win a few games where yeah. you know they might not have won otherwise. But they're young. By next year, his daughter, who's a freshman, yeah. need uh, uh, Nottingham daughter is a yeah. freshman. So by yeah, by next year, look out. So this year, Redwood will probably be the team to beat. Okay, um, and um, you know MC will always you know they're always going to be solid. They still have a couple girls coming back, and I don't know what Tam and. Yeah. Carolinda and San Rafael, they unfortunately they um, rebuilding. Yeah, yeah. So yep. um, I just want to close by saying, um, just off, you know, just coming off the cuff, um, that along the way and through, you know, my trials and tribulations, you know, uh, that my work, you know, and the work I do now is because of a lot of my lived experience and my own mistakes that I made in life, right? And um, and I didn't tell you guys this the other day, but one of the things that helped me to grow up and see that I needed to get my shit together was I became a single dad. My daughter's mom passed away when she was six years old from a mm-hmm. brain tumor. Oh my goodness. So that, that um, she's now 26 and um, I like to think I've done a you know pretty good job you know, of um, helping her become the young lady that she is. But I just wanted to put that out there that yeah. it's, 
you know, this has been a great segment, but it hasn't always been, you know, peaches and cream um, that I, you know, went out after I stopped playing ball and I was hanging out with Tupac. Uh, you know, I was hanging out and doing some stuff that I wasn't, you know, proud of. But um, by the grace of God, you know, I was able to turn it around. Yeah. And um, and now that's why I think I'm so effective in the work I do because I've had, I've been down that rabbit hole, right? right. I've been, you know, so close to hell, I've smelled smoke. You know what I mean? So I've, I, I've, that's why I do my job with no judgment. I go into that jail. I go into the homeless encampments or whatever it is, and I do it with no judgment. You know, I do it with open arms because um, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And one of these days when I write a book, it'll be a hand with a Rubik's Cube in it. And that Rubik's Cube will, it, it, it I just, over time, I just think about it, that in, in life, you know, we do things and we only look at things one way. Mm. And I just want them to turn that and look at a different color, look at things differently, right? And yeah. that's what I had to do that because of, you know, what I'm thinking or may sound good to me, looking, you know, take a look at the other side, look what the, what the consequences might be. So I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, I'm proud of my daughter. Um, I, I'm just blessed that um, I get to do what I do, that I'm, you know, available. Um, I support my mom. I support the community. Um, and I, I love helping people. I wouldn't have it any other way. I appreciate you guys for having me. Um, and, you know, I'm always here to help in any way I can. Coach Dave is yelling at you. That just goes right off your back. I mean, it doesn't even like it doesn't even <laughs> penetrate the raincoat at all hey. because you've been through. You've seen, I've, I've, you've seen a lot. I'm the assistant coach. I don't talk to the rest. right, right. So, uh, Daryl, thank you for saying that. That was beautiful. And I just want to say um, thank you for all that you do for everybody in this community. Um, it's and funny. I standard. We're going to give you the golden lanyard as the best official that we have seen in the county. Right. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I will say I that, Daryl, this is a true story. A couple days ago, my friend Dave Deneen, um, mm -hmm. who is also a guest on this podcast, I'm not sure when his episode is going to come out, but he t literally texted me out of the blue and said, you got to have this guy on your podcast. He's amazing. And he sent me your your name. And Stop I said, it. dude, I'm, we're five steps ahead of you. He's, he's coming in tomorrow. That's crazy. Um, so, well, and other people, too. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about the intro and after. I had multiple people text me and say, you got to have Daryl on the podcast. We'd already reached out to you at that point. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, so, that's crazy. so you got lots of love. Um, and I think our that. listeners now probably understand why, because you're an awesome guy and have a great story. So I thank you for all that you do. I try, and he, man. And he just, I think, picked Archie Williams to win the NCAL boys' side, I believe. Is that oh, yeah. You, you, who's who's going to win the boys' side? Oh, Darryl. that's right. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, who have I seen? Branson. You can say my Branson team. Yeah, Branson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Branson... Red will Red be tough. Good. They'll be tough because, again, like on the girls' side, Jay will get them, coach them up, Absolutely. and stuff like that. And I'm going to tell you, and, and I'm not just being a homer, if Tam, if they can get out their way, these guys are loaded. They got front line 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, they, they are big. If the point guards can, you know, stop looking in the mirror and, you know, and, and <laughs> look at me, and I've talked to them about it. You know, because um, I want to. I've always supported the the program, but also I want to support. You know, me and Neil. We've already been texting. So Neil Chavez, Bucky's son, great yes. guy, is the coach at Tam. Yes. So if if we if they listen to him and just just put team first, Tam has a chance. But we'll see. All right. All right. Thank you, Daryl. Appreciate you, Darryl. it. Buddy. Thank you, guys. Awesome. 
Well, fun interview. Great job, Dave, as always, asking the questions. And let me ask you a question. What did you think? Thanks, Duff. Yeah, I thought it was great. I love talking to Daryl. Um, really liked his perspective on refing. And I like how he, he talked about helping kids improve and that one of the things that he likes about refing is seeing that improvement. And I've, I've seen it when he refs games. He's, he's almost like a coach on the floor for these kids. Um, and it's, it's really refreshing. I also like that he, he takes a constructive approach to dealing with coaches. And when coaches get on him, he's not one of those refs who's just going to put up his hand and say, don't talk to me, coach. He's going he's gonna to engage and have a dialogue because he wants it to be a collaborative experience. So I like the way he approaches refing. It's the way he approaches life. He's just a people person, and you can tell. And so whenever we have Daryl for a game, I'm, I'm excited. I'm not going to say he always gets every call that I want him to make, but, um, but he does a great job, and he keeps it fun. What do you think? Yeah, I think totally. And, you know, just for the parents out there listening, try not to focus on the officials too much. I know it's easy to do and you feel wounded if, you know, there's a bad call or, or you feel like your team's not getting the call, but you know, they're doing the best they can and no, no officials going out there to, to purposely screw one team or the other and same for players. And uh, you know, it's really hard uh, as a player to get past a bad call, even, you know, as adult players, you know, it happens to me, it happens to my teammates in adult league, but you know, the sooner you can get past it, the better. And then for players and coaches, just finding finding a way to you know, have that dialogue with an official. And some official may not want to talk to you on the floor. They may only want to talk to you sort of you know after the game. So you'll have to feel that out. But none of them are going to completely ignore you if you approach them in a respectful manner. And uh, they're a big part of big part of the game. And you don't necessarily want to set you know one uh, one of them against you. Uh, even if they wouldn't purposely make a call against you because you're being a jerk, they might do so implicitly because, as we know, in, implicit bias is real, Dave. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So well said. I, right. I also uh, was, was happy to, you know, to talk about Marin City um, mm-hmm. in this interview. I mean, I think it's important and it's something that doesn't it's an area that doesn't get enough uh, attention or airtime. Um, you know, Daryl's a a great ambassador for Marin city. It's a wonderful community. You know, a lot of people don't know this, that, uh, you know, really it was started around world war two as the Sausalito shipyards were being used to build ships for the war and the government built housing to house the laborers. And a lot of those laborers were African-American workers who came from the South looking for a better life, better paying jobs. And they, they stuck. Um, and so, uh, to give Daryl the chance to tell us more about growing up in Marin City, some of the figures who loomed large for him as a kid, he continues to give back to that community. He's a very prominent figure in that community. Um, I just thought that was that was great to to have that discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the, it's a history of uh, Marin County that doesn't get taught to a, a big chunk of the county. So to have that perspective here on the podcast. I think was very helpful. And, you know, I, I learned, you know, I learned a few facts about the area that I had no idea, even though I grew up in Mill Valley. So uh, yeah. I, I think more, more awareness about the, the history, whether it's a Marin city or, or anywhere else, but the, our history here uh, locally is a very important perspective for everyone to have. I'm on a Absolutely. soapbox. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Dave, should we get on to player control? Yeah. I have one, Duff, and it's related to the Daryl interview. Uh, one thing that I realized right after we finished our interview that I failed to mention that I'm very upset about is uh, we didn't talk about Quentin Wiggins. And um, Qu- 
Quentin was a phenomenal kid, an amazing basketball player. He was from Marin City, so he was in that community. Daryl knew Quentin, knows his family very well, the Wiggins family. Um, Quentin was a going into in the summer between his junior and senior year. He died in a single car accident on 101, just a devastating um, development. It was uh, June of 2019. Um, I was at his memorial service in Mill Valley, as were a lot of people. The, 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 the church was overflowing with people. There was just such an outpouring of love and support for the family, for the community, because it was just such a tragic um, event. Um, and I, I'm sorry that I didn't bring that up with Daryl. I, I spoke to him about it after our interview, um, and he said absolutely uh, bring it up and, and talk about it. Um, but... You know, we have a lot of love for the Wiggins family. There have been a lot of great um, developments in the wake of Quentin's passing, starting a foundation for scholarships. Uh, the Branson community rallied around the family. The whole the whole Marin um, community rallied around the family. And um, we miss Quentin, and I just wanted to acknowledge that. So sorry I didn't bring that up with Daryl. Yeah, um, I didn't I didn't know Quentin or the family at all, but uh, it was you know, such a tragic tragic story i happened to be living over overseas at the time it happened Dave, but i could i could actually feel the you know the pain of the community um you know through yourself and, and others at that time in a, in a very visceral visceral way and we just had it happen last year as well right you know yep. with uh, high school students san rafael and tara linda including one member of the tara linda team and uh yeah it just uh, it's just so tragic and you don't want to at some point as a father uh and even as a coach, you don't want to allow these kids to get into cars and drive themselves, but it's just part of, you know, it's part of growing up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just be, just be safe out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but that's all I got for player control, Duff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a little bit of a sad one, Dave. I will uh, come back to something a little bit more mundane. Uh, my player control is that, number one, we have not yet listed our sponsors this episode. And number two, I have not been into the hub to eat in at least a week and a half. I'm sorry, Jerry and Rebecca, but I will be there tonight. Dave, you're welcome to join me after basketball practice. So thank you to our sponsors, uh, the hub, Nike basketball camp, camps at San Domenico, Karen Hortzmeyer Real Estate and NBBA. And uh, we are looking for additional sponsors if you're interested. So reach out to us. Uh, there'll be more exciting advertisements coming in the future from our team of sponsors. So you'll be able to have some content that you might want to fast forward over in the future. Did I just say that? Okay. I didn't say that. You did that. great. You did All great, right. Duff. Uh, awesome. Well, this was another great episode. Daryl, again, thank you for, for joining us. It was so fun to talk to you. We're now getting into, uh, Duff, we have our first, at San Domenico, we have our first scrimmage. This coming weekend, um, we're now getting into where high school teams are actually going to start playing other high school teams. It's a really fun time of year, so keep listening to the podcast. Yeah, I will. Thank you, Dave. Good job. <laughs> okay. saloon and sits down he draws the eyes of all the locals of this small town he looks damn normal to me bandana on his head 
burks on his feet. He looks up and gives me a grin and says, Hey dude, you too must be from Marin.